I have to give credit to uh, Jason Scott, the Chief Executive Officer of Racing Queensland. Always very happy to come on this program and talk about various issues. Uh, I remember annoying him basically after he hadn't even got his feet under the table in early May when he started at Racing Queensland. I was calling him and he came on. He's with us now. Good morning, Jason. Morning, Steve. How are you? Good. Nathan. There's lots of folders on your desk and various things to look at over the time on the th with the three codes. I've, le I've learned plenty of things uh, that I didn't know, thinking I was fairly close to racing in the last five months, definitely. Oh, I bet you have. Can we start with this situation yesterday? I had a few calls driving home from a couple of angry participants. Understandably, with what happened at Ipswich, there was a section of track that was heavy, and I think you've been in touch with the Ipswich Turf Club, and we're going to race on Monday? Yeah, we'll race on Monday. Look, I wanted to race today, uh, and I, I did ring Josh yesterday, the steward, Chief Steward, about that, and the stewards felt that perhaps it wouldn't have dried in time, uh, and obviously safety's paramount. Uh, it was a simple, a simple fact there that um, there was a wet patch down at the 1500. One of those ones for Ripley's that, you know, Alan Reed and who's got a lot of experience walked the track at six o'clock yesterday morning and all was good. Um, now, whether it's a dew or whatever else that's created and the, and the water congregates near the crossing there, but it, it's, it's a problem we need to solve and it, it can't happen again. Yeah, I was wondering if it was maybe an irrigation malfunction or something like that. I know they've had issues there in the past, haven't they, with the water table and, you know, obviously uh, the track's got a, a fair bit of age behind it. Uh, yeah, the water yep. table's clearly a problem. And, you know, one one uh, potential uh, suggestion put to, to me by one of your contributors, Cam Partington, is the water table and the heat bringing it to the, to the top quickly. But we, we actually need to experiment and, and not have supposition. All right, so that's Monday at Ipswich. Jason, in regards to the Gold Coast Turf Club, when do you expect we'll be back racing on the grass? Has, has there been a little, a few hiccups in relation to the course proper? Oh, we've had it. Like like anything that's, uh, where we, we're relying on nature to help us grow, there there have been a couple of little parts just in the pull-up area that haven't been haven't grown as fast as the rest of the track, but 95% of the track we're really happy with. Look, it's this is a really fluid situation, Steve, that... We're going to, we've got to let the grass tell us and, you know, when we're comfortable, we'll put one horse over it and then we'll put two horses over it and then we'll, then we'll uh, run a couple of jump outs and some trials and we'll understand. But what my, my, I will suspect it's going to be some stage in November. We're really happy with how it's growing. The root system looks stronger than what, you know, I wasn't here, but what was seen in Eagle Farm. So it's progressing brilliantly, but look, we're not going to rush it. Yeah, it's all about consolidation. We've seen in the past, um, you know, with tracks that come back too soon and there's kickback and so on, and it can create real dramas. But I suppose, you know, Magic Minion's just around the corner, isn't it? Yeah, look, I was down at the Gold Coast 10 days ago and I commented that it looked magnificent. And uh, Ian Brown, who's, you know, been around a while down there, said to me, well, yeah, they said the same about Eagle Farm till a horse ran on it as well. So, yeah, we're, we're, we're paramount, obviously, Magic Minion's a day and we can't go into Magic Minion's first up. Uh, you know, there's 11 races, probably averaging 15 a race that day. Uh, we need to run some, you know, a six-race card with, with smaller and then probably probably step into it. So I'd like to have raced at least twice, if not three times, prior to, the, prior to Magic Millions and the Wave. So could we see a couple of uh, polytrack races the first day back, give the grass? No, look, we've, we've looked into that. The punters hate it in that they... they you know, they don't, it's very hard for, for, for the WSPs and the TAB to differentiate where the races are going to be run. If you know, if you run four on the polys and four on the grass, and the feedback from the punters is they just don't want it. So we'll we'll, we'll start with a small program probably, uh, and go from there. 
Got some major grand plans, haven't they, at the Gold Coast over the coming years? Of course, we're all excited about the lights in the future as well. Jason, I think they'll be switched on next year. The lights will, the lights will be ready to race in May. Uh, sorry, March. We will have probably one race meeting in April, and then we've got a Friday night Magic Millions meeting in May with a million-dollar two-year-old race there, which will be the... I'd say it'll be the grand opening. The, the first meeting would probably be a... Uh, just a dry run. Personally, I would have much preferred to have uh, had our grand opening in, in summer down at the coast, but uh, the way things have rolled out, it's going to be that that May meeting. Mm, of course, the, the turf club down there are chasing more metro dates in the future. It's just a matter of what's this space. I, 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 you know, in that in that well, regard, I've said to a few people since I've taken this job, we've got 125 clubs, and every club wants more Saturdays and more money. Um, and both are finite. So, look, we'll, we'll certainly endeavour to give them more metro dates, but, you know, we've also got to understand that um, racing in the city, wagering, is, is, provides the best return. So Eagle Farm's always going to get the most meetings, but we, I'm sure we'll, we'll find a way to keep everybody happy. And that new train tech facility will be open as well uh, in, the, in the future, which is much needed, that stable accommodation there at the coast. Yeah, speaking of Brett Cook and Steve Wines down there, they've, they've sold it out and filled it up fairly easily with some uh, with some pretty pretty big name trainers. It's not up to me to, uh, up to 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 let the cat out of the bag, but I'm sure they'll release those names when they want it. But some of, you know a few of them will be a good new inclusions to racing in Queensland, and, and that in itself is fantastic as well as uh, uh, some of the Queensland trainers are accessing more stables. But it's a you know it's a state of the art facility and fantastic. I think we need to. We needed Ipswich needs some more stables and Deegan needs some more stables as well. So South East Queensland really is still short on stables. Yeah, you did mention Deegan last time. Is, are we any further with that process? Oh, it's going, it's going through counselling. I mean, this is the other part of this job that I'm learning a lot of things that patience is a virtue, Steve. It's, it's going to probably take 18 months to two years to get this through through all of the everything ticked off and, and have it built. Now, what about the harness situation? You did tell us this news last time that the government wanted to take the track over at Albion Park much sooner than you anticipated. So we're talking, I think you mentioned around March 2025. Were we any further with getting an extension to stay at Albion Park a bit longer? Yeah, look, I think, I think Minister Grace has been fantastically helpful here. She understands um, the danger to the harness industry if, if we were to do that. So, look... I'm working with government, we're working with the Olympics groups, we're working with um, Economic Department of Queensland and uh, to find a resolution where perhaps we can stay for a little bit longer. I'm very confident we will get a result. Uh, but again, it's you know I'm probably three to four weeks from being able to make an announcement now, one way or the other. All right, so as it stands right now, say you didn't get an extension. So did, was it around March 2025? Yes, it was yeah. February 125 is where yeah. we're at now. Okay, so what ideally would you like, um, or what have you you pressed the government back end for? Back 26. If I had my if I had my choice, we, you know, we're initially told the back end of 26. Yep. That would be that would be up to me, but clearly I've got to make some comment. Well, racing has to make a little bit of compromise here, and see if we can. And that's what we're looking to do. Fast forward to build out at Norwell so that we're. We're ready earlier. Clearly, we have to have a state uh, get to a position where there isn't a time where Albion Park is closed and Norwell isn't isn't functioning. Yeah, because a lot of participants are saying they take their horses down south and so on. Because obviously, Red uh, Redcliffe would probably be the main track. Well, if Albion Park finished and Norwell wasn't wasn't completed. Yeah, and look, Redcliffe's a nice track, but it, it, we're currently running six or seven meetings a week with Marburg steps in as well. You could, Redcliffe couldn't take that load. 
Uh, and obviously my concern and the Minister's concern is once those horses leave the state, there's a fair chance they don't come back. Jason, so we can't allow yeah, that to Just in regards to Norwell, when do you think we might see some bulldozers on that particular site? Um, we're going through through um, all of the MID work there now. I'd like to think we'll, we'll start early in the new year. Okay, and what time frame do you think to get for completion? If you fast track it, it's it's fifteen. It, look, depending on it, it depends on what we decide we need to open with. If day one is is a, is a race track, a caller's box, and a steward's tower, and and, and change rooms for drivers and, and tie ups, which is less than ideal, we can get it done faster. I prefer to have time for us to build it properly, and so that we are opening with the with the finished product. So that'll probably take the best part of eighteen months. All right, you'll let us know, obviously, when you hear that. Hopefully, I'll keep, you in the, I'll keep yourself and David Fowler in the loop. Oh, lovely. Just in regards to the new Greyhound track, which we've talked about, three tracks, straight track, one turn, two turn. It looks, looks magnificent just outside of the city of Ipswich. When is that likely to be completed? And have you, have you been up and inspected the works there in recent times? Yeah, we haven't. Well, we've, we've done all the earthworks there, and I've seen that. We'll sign a contract with the uh, construction company next week, which means we'll start building... Actually, the property's in six weeks' time. Uh, we expect to have it. We we expect to be finished or get the property maybe October next year. It will take us probably. We'll we'll do a transition across from Eagle Farm uh, for, from Albion Park and Ipswich across, uh, having three tracks and seven or eight hundred greyhounds in southeast Queensland that will all want a trial on those tracks before they race, particularly the one-turn track, which you know isn't. A, a big sweeping one-turn track. Most of those greyhounds won't have seen for the first time, so they might need to trial twice. They'll certainly want to go around the two-turn track and someone want to go up the straight. So that, that'll probably take us six to eight weeks, combination that, and then we'll just we'll step in and we'll run a meeting or two a week at the queue. And hopefully and by February we'll be there full-time running running probably eight meetings a week. Will Capalaba remain when this new Perga track or tracks are open? Yeah, definitely. There's, yep. you know, the heat map of where greyhounds are. There are, there, are, there are plenty of greyhounds trained in the west, and I think the grass tracks are point of difference. And I don't know if, how many of your listeners have been out to Capalabar on a Sunday, but it's a fantastic place. It is. For afternoon out. So yeah. no, we'll, we'll definitely keep Capalabar going. Absolutely. Drive past it every afternoon. Jason, just some other topics that uh, you might want to bring to our attention this morning that you're looking into or possible changes in regards to Queensland racing over the yeah, next six to look, 12 we'll, months? Yeah, look, we'll... we'll uh, we'll bring. We'll, we're going to move we're in consultation with the jockeys association. We're going to move the limits up to 60 for jockeys. We'll leave the max limit to 60. We'll leave the minimum where it is. I think jockey health is something that's really paramount to me. And I think over time the, the limits need to get up further so that we've got a bigger pool of humans capable of being jockeys. And, and more importantly than that, jockeys walking around are healthier than what they are now. I, I don't see a reason why you need to starve to have a profession. Um, those people that know me know I like a feed. Um, and I just, I, I think jockeys, you know, we've still got plenty of jockeys wasting and jumping up and down five or six kilos a week between racing and non-racing, which isn't healthy. Uh, we're going to, we're going to try some trial, some Sunday afternoon meetings, uh, twilight meetings at the Sunshine Coast in, in January, uh, around just to see what happens to the wagering revenue around Hong Kong. If you look at racing on a Sunday, there's a, almost like a roulette wheel. There's a race every three or four minutes on Sky Channel. Uh, and I think you can get caught up there, and we think there might be some opportunities for, uh, for the, you know, that can bring some money back into the industry by starting a little bit later and, 
and having some clear air late in the day with Western Australia and Hong Kong because Hong Kong is, is the largest bet meeting of the of the day there. So we'll trial those. Um, look, we've had some ongoing conversations with jockey with the Jockeys Association about whip use. I think you know uh, my colleague in uh, my equivalent in Victoria, Andrew Jones, obviously found a little bit of trouble when he touched this topic. But we're gonna in ten years' time. Jockeys might, won't be allowed to use the whip. But yeah. I, don't think I think they'll be allowed to carry them but not use them. Is that yeah. fair? Like I don't think they should definitely carry them. I think it would be dangerous oh, to carry them. Particularly if horses so are hanging or running is, in and around. Yeah. The question is how we get there with a dysfunctional race in Australia, which we currently have, because this is one where we actually need some national leadership. It is no point in the world of us, as us having a different rules to Victoria, to New South Wales. Jockeys, horses, trainers are traversing state borders all of the time. And this is one where we need we need to be working as a group. Um, and so, you know, right now, we're, we're, we're looking into it and what we can do. Glenn Prentice and the, and the jockeys have been really good. And I've met with, with many of the top jockeys, Jimmy Byrne and, and the crew there. Um, and we're, we're trying to find a way to get to a level where the participants are comfortable and people who, uh, who are outside racing aren't offended by the whip. And look, America, Europe, it's gone there. We'll get there. It's just a matter of how it happens. Well, of course, it's a case in harness racing. It has been for some time, hasn't it? You're not seeing the drivers, exactly. you know, hitting the horses uh, with the whip there. Just back to the Sunday, you mentioned possible Sunday twilight programs at the Sunshine Coast. What about the latest starts during the summer period with Metro racing on a Saturday? We'll definitely look at that too. With lights with lights at Sunshine Coast and Gold Coast, we should we should definitely look at that. One of the other changes we've made is we've currently, Queensland is the only state that currently runs four TAB meetings on a Saturday. Um, we're going to go back to three. What we're finding is that fourth meeting gets uh, jettisoned to Sky 2 and has very little betting turnover. I mean, Victoria only run the two meetings most of the year. West, um, New South Wales, three, and I think three is enough for us given uh, given what, it's, what the prize money is cost for us is versus the wagering. Uh, we are in a period where the wagering growth, which has been sort of consistent in Australia for 25 years, has slowed down. Uh, so we need to make sure we're getting maximum maximum money for our, our return for our prize money. We will consider moving some of those meetings to Mondays and Tuesdays. We're working with all of the clubs to, to understand our position. Yes, uh, I think we had a case. That'll, we... that'll be from January 1. And being obviously coming through that betting background and so on, Jason, and we've talked about this before, the sweet spot in regards to wagering turnover, is it about that 4.30 to 6.30 time frame? Or yeah, it is. 4 to 6? Or... 4 to 6. I think we see with Toowoomba, uh, by race 4, it's really starting to turn around. So, you know, perhaps we'll, we'll even consider Philip playing around with some of the Toowoomba start times as well, maybe move those earlier. Uh, you know, I'm speaking to Brad Steele and Sky Channel about the Inner Dominion and whether the best time to race that is. You know, traditionally it's been race seven or race eight, which in daylight savings nine nine o'clock nine thirty in the in the southern states. We might look at running that a little bit earlier as well to try. And, it's not only maximising wagering revenue. I think with something like the Inner Dominion, we want to try and maximise eyeballs on the product. Yeah, I suppose it all, all was to do with crowds, wasn't it? You know, trying to keep the crowds there for as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's where the Inner Dominion is a little bit different. It still does have a little bit of a stake within the harness industry, and lots of people will have travelled from Interstate 4 Inner Dominion, certainly the participants and those that haven't made it. Uh, and, you know, Brad and I think we can put on some pretty decent racing after the main race. 
that will keep people interested. Yeah, Grant Dixon was telling us yesterday he doesn't know if Leap to Fame will go to Victoria or not, but he'll definitely be there fit and well for Inner Dominion 2023. And, of course, that beer promotion as well with his photo on the cans of beer for the ID23. It's all great promotion. There should be a massive crowd there. It's a historic event, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, let, let's hope Grant can pick out a, a better marble out of the, the drawer. He's had some horrible draws in the last three big races. Thanks, Chase. Thank you, guys. Jason Scott joining us from Racing Queensland this morning.